Welcome back to NBA Talk with Isaac Wolf. I'm your host, Isaac Wolf. Yes, it has been a good bit since I did my last podcast, but here we are. We're going to start off today with the announcement of the 2020 Hall of Fame class. It was announced a little while back, and as expected, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett will all be inducted later this year. Other inductees include Tamika Catchings, former WNBA legend for the Indiana Fever, Former Houston Rockets player and coach, Rudy Tomjanovic. Remember, he led the Rockets to -to back-to-back titles in 94 and 95. Former Oklahoma State coach, Eddie Sutton. Baylor women's coach, Kim Mulkey. Bentley University women's coach, Barbara Stevens. And IOC and FIBA executive, Patrick Bauman, all inducted this year. Congratulations to all the inductees. This is a stacked class. So amazing to have Kobe, KG, and Duncan getting in at once. We just all wish, you know, Kobe could be here to celebrate it. Earlier today, the Bulls fired longtime GM Gar Foreman. He had been the GM in Chicago for 22 years. And I think it's good that they got rid of him because they were going nowhere. And now they just hired former Nuggets GM Arturis Karnisovas as Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations, which is a great move. He is one of the most well-respected executives around the league, did a great job in Denver, and he could turn things around for them. I think this is, a start of the, this is the start of a new beginning for the Chicago Bulls. It'll be interesting to see who they hire as their new GM and where they go from here. All right, as promised... I'm giving you the Luka Zion debate. Who would you rather start a franchise with? We're going to look at both sides and then make a decision. The sample size isn't completely comparable yet because Zion has only played 19 games and Luka's over halfway through his second year. But from what we've seen, we can still make a tough-ish decision, which speaks to how well Zion has performed and lived up to the hype early on. Starting with Luka. Luka is one of the most versatile players specifically on the offensive end that there is in the game. He can play four different positions and play all of them well. He fits the one, the two, the three, and the four. The five, not so much, especially when you have Chris Stapps and Boban on your team. Doncic can score the ball and make plays for others as well as anyone else in the league. Offensively, you know, he's just masterful. He's got the Mavericks in the seventh seed in the Western Conference and seven games ahead of the eighth spot which Zion and the Pelicans are chasing. They're currently 10th, three and a half games back of the Grizzlies for that number eight seed. And it's because of the big jump in production from Luka. Yes, having Porzingis helps, but he's still not what he was in New York before the ACL tear. Doncic went from rookie of the year to MVP candidate in less than a year. That's incredible. You don't see super young stars like Doncic, who's just 21 years old and is in his second year in the league, actually join that conversation until they're 24 or 25, like Giannis. Who won it last year, by the way? I assume you all knew that. Doncic went from averaging 21, 7, and 6 last year to almost, well, to 28, 9, and almost 9 assists this year. I think he's at 8.7. He's almost averaging a triple-double in his second season in the NBA. Yes, Ben Simmons is relatively close. I think he's in like this 18, 7, and 7, or 18, 8, and 8 range. But Doncic is 28, 9, and 9. Just so impressive. Let's take a quick look at his accolades so far. And remember, he turned just 21 
He just turned 21 in a little less than two months ago. Okay, here we go. He was NBA All-Star this year. He was the NBA Rookie of the Year last year. All or NBA All-Rookie First Team last year. EuroLeague Champion in 2018. EuroLeague MVP in 2018. EuroLeague Final Four MVP in 2018. All-EuroLeague First Team in 2018. Two-time EuroLeague Rising Star. EuroScar Player of the Year. Remember, this is all professional European basketball that he's playing in in his... At a, at a high school age. Three-time Liga ACB champion. Liga ACB MVP. Two-time Spanish Kings Cup winner. Sports Illustrated Breakout of the Year. Last year. FIBA International Cup champion in 2015. EB Next Generation Tournament champion. And EB Next Tur- Generation Tournament MVP. He was so accomplished before he even stepped foot into the NBA. He was one of the greatest young EuroLeague players, maybe even the, one of the greatest EuroLeague players ever. And that experience playing at the pro level overseas since like age 15, I think, that's helped him. He's clearly maturing on the basketball court quicker than most, and I think that's due in large part to his experience playing professionally overseas at such a young age. So with the type of player Luca is, a 6'7 point guard essentially, although he can go off the ball if he wants, he'll run off screens and just catch and shoot. He could make a living off that if he wanted to. But a 6'7 with his scoring and playmaking ability, it's a must-have on any NBA roster. A great guard or wing is essential to success these days. Back in the 80s and the 90s and some of the 2000s. Not all of the 90s, but because... Anyway... You played through a fantastic big a lot of times. It was somewhat uncommon to have a pair of spectacular wing players. And here I am going on to uh, talk about Jordan and Pippen. Yes, they won six championships in the 90s. But other than them, it was Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain in the 60s. Then you had Kareem and Magic. Magic's 6'9", so you could almost sort of consider him a big, but he was. that's not how he played at all. I'm just talking about how Kareem played with magic the front court of bird McHale and parish then there were bigs like hakeem david robinson patrick ewing alonzo morning tim duncan and Shaq in the 90s and early 2000s that's how you won back then was playing through dominant bigs excluding the six bulls championships but the other two in the 90s were um Olajuwon with the rockets and then i believe duncan with the spurs in like 99 maybe i think so Duncan and Robinson both. But that's not the case these days. With positionless basketball, you need guys who can play multiple different positions and shoot outside. And that's exactly what Luka Doncic is and does. And his playmaking is a huge bonus to go with that. My only concern really is his defense, which is just average. So the main argument for Luka is the fact that he's what translates to success in this day and age of the nba versatile shot creator playmaker natural score has size at the point guard position if that's what you want to label him as because he can be labeled as a shooting guard or small forward or even a power forward if you want now zion he is a completely different player so it sort of makes the decision tougher but also more fun because there's more thought that goes into it Zion is an athletic freak. We know this. It's crazy what he can do at his size. He does things at 6'7", 285. That very athletic people who weigh maybe almost 100 pounds less can't. 
It's unbelievable. That jumping ability combined with the size and strength of his, we can't describe it really. Zion's main game is finishing, getting easy baskets around the rim, whether that's off a pass, an alley-oop, which is a pass, but <laughs> never mind, a rebound, putback, isolation, whatever, that's his biggest strength, and the stats prove it. He's shooting almost 69, or excuse me, 59% from the field so far on 292 attempts over 19 games. That's pretty good. Yes, the majority of his shots are at the rim. He is shooting 46% from three. On 13 attempts, he's 6 of 13 on the year. But anyway, it's still a good percentage when you consider he's not the tallest guy. He's only 6'7", which is about average in the NBA. These guys, the guys that you usually see shoot around the 60s in percentages are taller guys who do nothing but dunk and shoot layups. Like Rudy Gobert, who's 7'2". Clint Capella, who's 6'11". DeAndre Jordan, who's 6'11", etc., etc. And for Zion to be up there in that category at his height, it shows you how good of a finisher and how athletic he is. Zion, and he's a pretty good interior defender as well, simply because of his strength and size. But, I mean, he is only averaging half a block a game, but when he does block the shot, he makes it a replayable highlight. I mean, he smacks the thing into like the seventh row. It's incredible. He's got an edge over Luka on that end of the floor thanks to his athleticism. It's just... It's just so hard to do this argument right now because I think... Give Zion a little more time, and he will become a superstar and may surpass Luka in the best player rankings. Right now, Luka's the better overall player for sure, and he looks to be the better player to build a franchise around. But it's a hard call, because I think Zion probably will end up being a better player than Luka. And, you know, Williamson, One another thing that he brings is the fans. He'll, he'll sell out all the arenas, sell out all the merchandise, and certainly increase the revenue of any franchise he's with, specifically with New Orleans for now. But the player Luka Doncic is right now, and how he's proven more, and yes, that's a bit unfair to Zion because he's played 100 or so less games, makes me think he is the better player to build a franchise around. There you go. Luka Doncic is the better player to build a franchise around right now. I'm not so sure about what the future, but we'll see. I chose Luka mainly for what he's already proven. He's a pro-level scorer and facilitator and can hold his own defensively. He's just a very talented all-around NBA player. And, you know, he does what fits the modern NBA. Zion is the same height as him, but Luka does so much more. And that's why right now I believe Luka is the better player to build around. To wrap up to the, uh, the today, this day in NBA history, in 2016, just four years ago, I looked at this and I could not believe that it was just four years ago. The late, great Kobe Bryant scored 60 points in his final game as an NBA player. A 101-96 win over the Utah Jazz. And I remember watching that game and thinking, yeah, he might drop 30 or hey, maybe he can do 24 because that's his number. And then he doubled my prediction, and I was like, oh my gosh, what am I watching right now? I was watching greatness. It's still weird to think he's not here anymore, honestly. Happy birthday to Baron Davis. We'll be back whenever with a new podcast, and tune into the NBA horse competition. I'm not, it's not completely NBA. 
return to the basketball horse competition, if you want to call it that. On ESPN, the first round concluded yesterday. We had four matchups, eight competitors total. Trey Young versus Chauncey Billups, Tamika Catchings versus Mike Conley, Zach Levine versus Paul Pierce, and Chris Paul versus Allie Quigley of the Chicago Sky in the WNBA. Spoiler alert, you may not, or you may want to stop listening if you don't already know who won, but here we go. Chauncey Billups beat Trey Young. Mike Conley beat Tamika Catchings. Zach Levine swept Paul Pierce. <laughs> Poor Paul couldn't even get a letter for Levine. That was that, that was really funny. Ali Quigley beat Chris Paul. So the semifinal matchups are as follows. Chauncey Billis versus Mike Conley and Zach Levine versus Ali Quigley. No, no dunking is allowed. Ali Quigley cannot dunk and Zach would destroy her. But that is not allowed, so we'll see what happens. 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Thursday. The semifinals and final matchups, I believe, are both on Thursday night. So tune into that on ESPN.